This is Pot on a Penny. I'm Alec. And I'm Megan. And in this podcast, we will flip the coin on its head, struggle our way through the big smoke, and make sparkling diamonds out of ashy coals. Or so they seem. Join us in our attempt to become successful, sexy, and rich. <laughs> starting right now. You're on FaceTime to me and you're picking your nose. Like, <laughs> hi. No, welcome to Push on a Penny. <laughs> hi, welcome to Push on a Penny. Welcome you're listening back. to episode six. Six? I might have made that up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's episode six. I thought you had put your phone on airplane mode. Do you see the airplane? Why is it still coming through? Because <laughs> you still have... <laughs> How do you put the... Oh, Wi-Fi, oh. Wi-Fi, disconnect from that. Disconnect from the Bluetooth, we're still rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back. Today's episode is focusing on all things Megan Rose Evans. Oh goodness me. But before we go and dive into all of that, I just wanted to take the opportunity to say a massive thank you for the response to last week's episode. We got, I mean, genuinely... Such nice feedback. It was amazing. Like, I've had friends reach out to me. I've had family reach out to me. It got very emotional. I've had complete strangers tell me... Yeah. yeah. Like, long messages about, like, how they experienced their coming out, what they struggled with, how they're doing right now, uh, what they think is important. So I've had a lot of... Of really important and... It's amazing. Yeah, heartwarming, heartwarming messages. So thank you for all of that. It really does mean a lot. Like, I, I got emotional. Um, and I rarely do. So. <laughs> but today's not the day for me to be emotional. We're talking about all things Megan Rose. And I'm sitting in front <laughs> of a newly bleach blonde Malibu Barbie. Yeah. Wow, I can't. <laughs> I did that. Yeah, you did. Alex fully dyed my hair today. I was like, okay, so we're in lockdown. We can't get to a hairdresser's. I, I ordered... have already shaved my head at this point. Yeah, <laughs> what are we? So we're like, what's the what's the options? Is either shave your head or bleach it? And uh, yeah, so I ordered all the salon approved things. Spoke to a couple of hairdressers. And um, I think the results are great. I think so too. Yeah, and I'm super happy. Yeah, we took a couple of pics afterwards. We we made the whole thing in a in a video, so maybe if it turns out well, there is going to be a cheeky little YouTube upload. Oh my god! After guys. like what, it's seven or eight months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. But yeah, today it's going to be all about you. How do you feel it about is. that? It um, is. I don't know. Kind of nervous because like I'm. I'm a very talkative, chatty person, always. Like, if I want to tell a story, I will tell a story. Like, for someone that will say one word, I'll say about seven. Yeah, you do go around the house. But then, like, obviously, it's kind of weird for me to just, like, have a whole thing about me. I don't know. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) You did tell me, but you were like... Well, what am I going to talk about in this episode then? No, it's not. It's more that I get... Because I'm super nervous about what other people think. Mm. Which you're not as nervous about. (laughs) Listen, I've lost all of my reputation. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's nothing for me to be nervous about. I'm an open book at this point. If you like it, you like it. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, I'm still on that journey. So I feel like, I mean, this is going to help. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as we've said, Alex's story definitely um, allowed people to relate and helped people. Mm. Um, I feel like my... Not story, but like my. What is your story? Well, yeah, like my experiences and like like just like life lessons and stuff could definitely inspire and allow people to relate to me as well. I like that you say this now because when we talked about like today's episode, you were like, "Well, I just don't really feel like I have anything to say," and I was like, "What are you talking about?" Just because you're not a gay male who has to come out and has to like lift through all that trauma doesn't mean that you have not nothing to say yeah i definitely do because that's yeah. my point you definitely do and you have things that like so many people would relate to yeah. that that i can't t- share my experience because i have never lived through these of things of course and so... i want to make this like very clear that you do have a lot to say a lot to say and like even the same people that related to you might even relate to some of the things that's I've said, my point so exactly. who knows yeah the more the merrier. Yeah. We just want people to, like, feel comforted and feel like our experiences can be shared and, yeah. And learn from. Yeah, and learn from, sure. yeah. So. With all things in mind, mm. what do you think uh, is the best play- place to start for someone to get to know Megan Rose Evans? I think the best place to start is um, where I was born. Right, which is all really the first trigger. <laughs> I mean, it is a little. It is a little bit. It is and it isn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so, um, <laughs> wow, Alex been a bit tickled, doesn't he? <laughs> Why do I feel like this is going to be our most edited episode? Like... No, this is a serious subject. Stop laughing. <sighs> okay. What, Essex? Essex. Oh, no, I meant, I meant you are the serious subject. Oh, Essex okay. Yeah, I'm never serious. <laughs> anyway, I was um, born in Essex. South End on Sea. South End on Sea, yeah. You had to say it, didn't you? Yeah, because you were about to say it because it's ever so important, apparently. Um, yeah, so I was born in South End on Sea, um, but lived in Rayleigh and then Leon Sea. Some of you all know. Um, I, I've never actually lived in South End. Um, no offense to the people that do, just not my bag. Um, <laughs> um, we're posh on a penny, not dressed for less. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah. I was born in Essex. It's a lovely place, like by the seaside. Super I lovely. I need to go. Yeah, I was going to say, you need to experience How it. You have need I've never to come been to me. Essex? Blows my mind. Yeah, you really do. Like, even just for a day, like by the seaside, having some it. like. I'm sure I love cute, it. You can even have like a cute pub lunch literally on the sea. Like fish and chips on the sea. Like, That's an incident. It's iconic. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's so, so, so cute, especially Lee, anyway. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where I was born. It's the reason why Alex said it was a bit of a trigger. It's just because like that everyone knows the Essex stereotype. Everyone knows. Yeah. And everyone knows like the philosophy, like the tan. It's so tacky. Yeah, it is. Like, no, like I love Essex. Like, obviously I love you. Like I love most Essex people. Yeah. It is like. Yeah. Like it's, it's tacky. It's not. When you think Essex, you think live, laugh, love. 
<laughs> all like, over on the, the wall. Yeah, all exactly. Everywhere. People that have those mantras, the yeah. wall mantras. But yeah, like, and it's just very not what I'm about. Like yeah. in terms of the way I look, and I mean, I love fake tan. I love, <laughs> I love to look pretty in makeup, and all that. I'm sat here with like bleached blonde hair. Yeah, I tick the boxes. But, but in it's, a different it's the way. execution. Yeah. It's the way you hold yourself yeah. and that's what it's all about. Yeah, and what annoys me as well is that a lot of... There is a lot of money in Essex. A lot of money in Essex. Yeah. And it's like, you guys don't use that money. Hannah, you can't buy taste. And that is the tea on Essex. Yes. I... And again, please don't get offended because Essex is still very near and dear to my heart. Like, it still is like partially home to me alongside London but like yeah that's why there's like a bit of a just like the demeanor like the yeah, whole like the fantasy demeanor, about yeah, it's, it's more like a bejazzled hack yeah it's like not 100% what I'm about but obviously my family are there and all of that and like the seaside and my where I grew up and my school love yeah great so yeah but you did leave it behind for a reason I did leave it behind for a reason and we will get into that um <laughs> So, yeah, I want to touch on a little bit about the fact that um, when I was... I was quite, like, an early bloomer. Mm. In what way? Like, <laughs> um, sexually? Yeah. Like, body development? like Body development? Um, I was, I was like, one of my, the first of my friends to have, have like, boobs and, um, like, all of that. But more so... <laughs> I don't know why I find it so funny. <laughs> I can't go with you. Okay, sorry. Do go ahead. Serious subject. Okay, <clears throat> so you were you were the first to develop like a female body. <laughs> oh. No, it wasn't even just that. I'm saying that, but also um, my mind was like so like sexual from a young age. Mate, I relate. <laughs> it's not about me though, I can't go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't go. I can't go with you. <laughs> My God, okay. Anyway, back on topic. What I was going to say was. Yes, I was one of the first in my friendship games <laughs> to, like, have that. But <laughs> having an older brother... Again, I relate. <laughs> ...made me grow up a little bit quicker. Yeah. Because he was very much like... I don't know, he, you, te- you, get, you learn things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does speed up the process. It does, like. doesn't it? Like, it really does. Um, and I was very intrigued in, like... Because he had, like, girlfriends and stuff. Um, and he brought girls round... And I just was super intrigued by, like, sex from quite a young age. Obviously, yeah. I didn't really vocalise it. Well, like, because you did grow up quite Catholic in, like, Catholic school, huh? Well, yeah, and that's another thing. Oops. So I went to Catholic primary school and senior school. And I kind of had this inkling inside of me that I just really wanted to rebel against everything. That, Like, not that I wanted to re- <sighs> rebel against, like, the religion, but I wanted to rebel against the church and their, like rules or their like structure um the whole like you can't have sex before marriage um anti-gay 
all of that. Like, I just wanted to fully rebel against that. And I that led me and to... And you successfully have. I, I mean, yeah. Um, another thing that was really massive for me to rebel, well, rebel against, or well, that made me want to rebel against it, was obviously having divorced parents. Oh, yeah. Um, that's obviously frowned upon in mm. the Catholic Church. Um, and obviously, when I was younger, we used to go to, like, church every Sunday as a family. Very social thing, though. It is a very social thing. Yeah. Um, and once my dad left, it kind of was like, oh. That's where the daddy issues start. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, once my dad left, I think that led me to, because, like, my mum felt a bit, like, outcasted, because obviously divorce is frowned upon as well. I can only imagine... Because I know, to be fair, at this point in time, it's more like it's rarer for you to have parents that are still together than to have divorced parents. Yeah. However, Um, a lot of my friends all still had parents still together, which is interesting because a lot of people tend to gravitate towards friends that obviously are in the same boat as you and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I literally I still remember phoning my best friend and being like, um, oh my god, this has happened! Like, my when was knew. that? I was. We've nine. never actually spoken about this, you know. Really? No, like I know all about it, but like not the when it happened. Like what you did. Oh. Or how well, you? Well, a little bit, but not. Yeah. Not too much. Well, me and my brother were like sat down at the table, and um, they just told us, and yeah. just I didn't see it coming because I, I mean, I was nine. Yeah. I think my brother did a little bit more, but we were just like kind of sat down at the table. And just told that it was happening. Um, I think, like, the week prior, I said to my friend, like, I think my mum and dad are going to break up. And she was kind of like, no, of course not. Like That's crazy. I can't even think what that would... Like, how do at, you... At as nine? A, but, like, as a kid. Yeah. First of all, the concept of, like, people breaking up or, like, what that means. But then your parents... your Yeah, like, your yeah. parents breaking up. Like, you yeah. really, as a kid, are like, oh, yeah, I think they're going to break up now. Like, what goes Me your making that conclusion at nine exactly. is crazy. Yeah, like, you, like, kids are still super receptive, you know? No, they are. So, sure. um, yeah, so they sat us down and was just like, that's happening. And I remember straight away getting the landline phone and calling my best friend and being like, Oh my, oh my god, god, you won't believe. Yeah. <laughs> You won't believe the news. This is crazy. No, sorry. <laughs> um, but she was like, oh, my God, what are you going to do? And I was like, you're going to die. I was like, I'm going to run away. Like, I <gasps> Wait, that's such a thing that kids do. I did that, I think. I did that as a kid, like, once. I was I so dramatic. Like, when I say it... run away, like, I ran, like, down the street. I was like, I'm going to pack my backpack now and I'm going to run down the street to my best friend. Well, yeah, she was like, I mean, if you need to come to me and I was like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'll go to family, like other family. I'm so dramatic. Like, who am I? Who do I think I literally slept on it? And I was like, oh, I'm over this. <laughs> two houses. Two, two ha- You know what I mean? Like, two times presents two lot, Yeah, two lots of presents. Oh, I'm cool. You yeah. know? Um, but, like, it hit my brother a lot harder. He dealt with a lot of sickness and mental health issues for about three-odd three years that were super severe. Like, we're talking not being able to go out of the house and stuff. So that was a lot to deal with. Yeah. Um, which um, was really difficult. And it was a struggle for me because I, I was so young, I didn't know the ins and outs of everything. 
my brother was very angry and I didn't really understand why you're so angry and I was mm. but now obviously older of course you're angry our dad left you know like yeah. it's a lot to take in um but yeah so that was that's a massive part of my life I'm not gonna like expand on it too massively because like I mean divorced parents it is a lifelong thing it is a lifelong thing it's so common I have an amazing relationship with both my parents um and yeah they're like, lovely stepmom everything yeah um so I'm super content in life when it comes to that yeah um there are some like daddy issues that I have because of it but um, I always wonder what... and they will delve in and out we will delve in and out to that um but yeah what were you gonna say no I feel like we need to talk about daddy issues in another episode though because oh, like, I fully because I wonder what I think everyone has them to a certain extent whether that's it's good I... or bad sometimes yeah, it's good that's what I think as well but like yeah. I was always the one who was like especially in the gay community everyone has daddy issues and I was always like I don't think I have Mm. But now I'm like, wait, depends on the definition. So, like, let's talk about that. Anyway. Yeah, let's do that. Um, but to get into the real nitty gritty yeah. tea slash intense topic. From the age of about 12, mm-hmm. I began to be... I hate the word. I wish there was another word for it. But groomed. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> I do. What do you mean? So someone in my life who I looked up to as a male figure uh-huh. began to speak to me and not, like, entice... Groomed is, like, enticed me. Like, uh, we're talking send me money. Or, like... You got sent money at 12? <laughs> when I started really early on for you. <laughs> Wait, like, excuse me, um, Or, like, we're talking... Um, like, I don't know why your dad left you guys. Like, I would never have left you guys. We're talking things like that. Let me know what you're, you're up to with guys. I'm oh. always here for you. So, things started to become a little bit more of a different direction yes so for the first time ever yes yeah, so this guy he was in at this time so kind to me so so loving mm. um very caring towards me um and yeah basically long story short he he grew he grew me over a long period of time and eventually took advantage of me and hurt me in a way that I can never, what's the word, like... Forget. Forget, yeah. And kind of violated me yeah. in a way that I can never kind of take back. So basically we're talking sexual abuse. Right, which at is the age a very, of 12. By the time I this happened to me, 13, 14... So it's been going on for a, for a while. Yeah, very gradually, very slowly, without realising that this was happening. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, and he, he used to, like... This comes with the whole, like, growing up quicker. Because he used to push me to, like, tell him stories that, like, I'd 
met up with guys or like a, at like such a young age obviously he'd be like oh my god did you kiss them blah blah, blah. and I just, I just felt like I was sharing like I was just sharing intense not intense things just like sharing gossip with a friend that's what it felt like yeah and I didn't feel like untoward or weird at all yeah um but yeah I was taken advantage of this is not a rare topic it's not rare but, but taboo. I... it is taboo it is very taboo and it needs to not be as taboo oh, because when for spoken sure. I, in I'm very much a problem shared is a problem halved kind of person that's I couldn't agree more and I believe and I'm such an open book when people ask me questions about this and people talk to me about this yeah it's because also if you talk about it it, it, it helps yeah and it Every becomes time. less of a I always try to I'm very open because I'm like if I'm open about this it's not even like consciously in my head this process not going on steadily is more of a oh my god of course I'm going to talk about it because I've dealt with it yeah exactly and um that's why I'm sharing it because I'm okay with the fact that it happened to me regardless I think it's quite interesting for me to listen to your um experience because when it comes to sexual assault um I also have my fair share Yes. And my things that I can talk about. However, mine is different. And obviously, I'm not going to get into it in this one um, because it's about you. But what was different for me is that it didn't happen gradually. It happened... Very quick and... I met the guy that night and he decided to that night um, abuse me. Yeah. So I've never really understood, like, the whole... Like, we were... We're watching Money Heist at the moment. We're like Stockholm Syndrome. Like, uh, yes. It's like, it's a period of time. It goes on and on yes. for like a while. And, and I, like, We were even talking about domestic abuse. Not yes. to like swift away from the topic too much. But I'm always like, it's it's very fundamentally interesting to me how these things start. Occur, yeah. 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 And when when you notice, and, like when the, when is the, when, when was the switch for you? And unfortunately the switch for me was when I was in the moment and it was a bit too late. Right. Which was super unfortunate. But you have to remember that age here as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I had... It is very young. So young, not much life experience. Obviously, as I already said, like, I was very interested in the idea of sex and... Well, boy, obviously, and boys. Every, like, yeah. But, like, all my friends used to come to me for the advice. Like, what do I do with Why? a guy? Because I used to, like, talk to guys a lot. I was so excited to talk to them and speak to them. And, like, I was known to be a bit of a, like... Uh, bit of a hua. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, I was... In my class, I was just like, oh, like, she, oh, Meg, like, she likes guys. It wasn't like, oh, she's a slag, but like, oh, like, she likes to talk to Oh, my to God, guys no slut-shaming she... here. Ew. Absolutely Never. not. Exactly. But Gross. she... I was always known to be like, oh, like, I'm not sure... Like, my friends would be like, oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm going to speak to Meg about it. Because like, you I would, would be a bit of the, Yeah. You would. You were exactly, the oracle. Exactly. You are the sex oracle. I was literally like, I was a bit of the guru, you know? <laughs> right. So I had that in me. So you have to remember, like, I'm a bit of that anyway. And that's obviously enticed this man. And um, not that I, obviously, I never once, like... Initiated. Initiated. But obviously when you're at a fragile state, not 100% knowing that, like, the divorce of your parents is in your head that much. But obviously if someone's telling you, like, oh, my God, like, 
your I I can't believe your dad left you guys like I would never have done that kind of thing you're like you're obviously immediately going to start to be hooked and you are comforted and comforted yeah because obviously the situation of like a divorce or a breakup is going to affect you yeah. in a certain way so once someone offers comfort you are more susceptible to it exactly you have to think it's it's all about taking advantage finding the thing Ew, that's grossing me out i know it's Oof. gross but it is finding the thing it's finding their weakness which and that was at the time my weakness and eventually he found out more weaknesses that he would then use right you know mm. um so that was a massive massive thing that has happened in my life that has almost paved the way to who i am now, now. i would say even after it happened, obviously I never spoke to him again. I literally removed him off of everything. Absolutely. I was like, oh my goodness, like this out is out of my life, thank you very much. Yeah, out of my life. No thank you. My goodness, so bad. Um and I obviously went to a super dark place. But well, because what... of it? Yeah, because, because of you it. Realized? But well, yeah, I realised how all of the months and or years of grooming had like obviously well like grooming like in terms of like preparing like, like exactly yeah exactly and also like just like how i'd been so naive yeah. but then obviously i still think you are quite a naive person though i am a naive not like person. to that extent but like no. you are very you always see the best in people exactly and you are very positive and person. i was so angry at myself for that yeah but the thing and it's interesting you bring that up because the thing that i kept in my mind was i'm not gonna let this stop me from seeing the best in people that's number good one. that is that is good and the number two which is the biggest thing was i'm not gonna let this affect my sex life in the future because remember at this point i'm still a virgin mm. and also i'm not going to let this affect any relationship i have or my relationship to sex at all and i was so determined for that not to happen has it worked it has worked massively uh-huh. in many parts it's worked and but i do believe that it led me to have a bit of pressure on myself when it came to losing my virginity in terms of i need to do it quicker or i need to do it slower uh, I-, I need to do it quicker but one thing i do what for well one thing i do love is that i still did lose my virginity in a relationship that with a boy that i was in love with yes but i felt the need to have my next sexual experience be so meaningful and so loving and so important that anything else negative that came before was not even a thing does that make sense it yeah it really does and it's very interesting the way you put it and thinking about your relationship to sexual encounters now yes and what you what you choose to engage with but rather what you choose not to engage with exactly which obviously is more than you engage with exactly because turns out 
less things are meaningful, they're meaningless. Exactly. But I just wanted to be so in love and so, like, wrapped up in the moment and make sure that when I did have this important pinnacle moment in my life, which is losing your virginity, because it is important... It was going to come from you. Yeah, and it was going to come from me, my choice, my love, you know? So all of those things were in line. Mm. Um, and, And I'm so happy that that was the case. However, I do believe that 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 experience led me to maybe put a bit of pressure on myself in order to get there quicker. Mm. I am super lucky that a boy came into my life at the age of, like, about a a year later. Like 15. I was 15, yeah. First relationship, right? First relationship. um, Was so besotted by this boy. But I did lose it lose my virginity at 15 debatable whether people think that's super young oh i know people are younger or older exactly genuinely same here like you're on your own path um if it's your choice if it's safe if you want it if it's consensual it's good and that was and honestly all those boxes were ticked in that sense um and yeah i i uh i wasn't pressured but I just really wanted to have a sexual experience that was love, not abuse. Basically, that's the T on that. Um, wow. I've always, always been open in my relationships as well about the abuse that had happened. Because even even from my first relationship, I told them exactly what had happened to me. And I just think doing that has helped me not um, project you and just... I think projection is super important to not do. Oh, funny that you bring this up. I was just about to say because that's fully what I did. Um, because also for me, my my first proper sexual experience was after sexual abuse. Mm. So I mean, same. And I was like confused as to what's going on now in this very consensual yes. and loving environment, yeah. why my body isn't reacting the way that I would like it to. Mm. And then I was like, oh, it's called trauma. Yes. And we need to work through this. Exactly. But I was also, like you, very open and honest from the get-go. Mm. And um, luckily, my boyfriend at the time was also very understanding. I was like, oh my God, like let's talk about it. And, yeah. and, and then it's amazing. So quickly yeah. was it was it fine. And yeah. ever since then it's never been an issue anymore. But how lucky that I got to meet this boy who was open to talk about it and I had the courage to talk about and it. And that is how lucky I feel as well. Yeah. And I think it's so important in order to again, a problem shared is a problem half mm. and it does help you to not project. And also like the thing is what I always really, really, really wanna get out there is really bad shit happens to everyone. Everyone, yes. But the thing is, you need to work through it. Yes. And then you can leave it behind. Behind you, absolutely. Be vocal, share it. Yes, and that, because like, just because you, I mean, in that, like, in that example that we're talking about right now, just because you're abused once, like, doesn't mean that I would ever call myself, like, an abuse victim. No, me, me neither, really. Or, like, like, or be like, oh, I don't think I can sleep with you, or, like, I can't I'm not, do it. And I'm not asking for sympathy. It, I'm no, not. absolutely not. No, I hate that. Because, also, like, almost everyone's been abused. Just, exactly. And that's, as I've grown older and shared my issues and been vocal about You'd them... You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. It's actually rare for me to come across someone that's not 
had been taken advantage of or yeah. not. Turns but, out men are absolutely violent. Yeah, exactly. Gross. And but the thing is, is what I've loved in sharing my experiences, in which I hope this helps some people to open up. Mm. Um, is that I've come across people that have been like, "Oh my god, I felt the same." And I've never been able to talk about it. But now that you've shared, I'm going to share. And us relating, you know, you're even able to just giggle about it, laugh about it. Like, even it's not a funny topic, but it's it's about... Make what, it palatable. Yeah, exactly. Making make it, palatable, it palatable. Bringing light to the darkness that you've had in your past and sharing it and relating to someone. Oh, my goodness. You'll feel the weights on your shoulder lifted yeah. minute by minute. This can genuinely. relate to anything. It can relate to coming out. It can relate to exactly. being abused. It can, it can literally relate to anything that you feel like, oh, you wouldn't want to share. Yeah, um, because you will be surprised. You will be surprised as how many people also went through the exact... Or like a similar thing as to you. And the way you felt, you can probably relate to someone who's felt the exact same Massively. Way. But the one thing I will say is, as I said, it's never affected my sexual desires. Yeah. Or my drive for sex, which I love. <laughs> yeah. I am You've such... got quite a drive there. Yeah, exactly. I'm such a sexual being. I'm, I love sexual openness, all of that stuff. That being said... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking like to this day, any man that like to this day, my sex drive remains unmatched. And you are actually it's funny because like you're a girl, obviously, like for me in my life, but you are the closest person to because we are obviously very open and honest and like share every oh my god, everything and beyond. Literally. <laughs> you are the only person where I'm like, oh my god, like actually kind of similar sex drive to me, which is very nice because in that sense as well. It's a relating thing. We can relate. Plus, there is a lot of shame in sex. And I can only imagine the amount of shame you have with like the way that you grow yes. up. Obviously, you're going to get into that as well. But yes. Like, um, it's nice to like relate normalise. Oh my god, massively. And also with us as well, normalising like self pleasure oh my god honey and we will get into that definitely on another on like another day but like it is it is nice to know that someone's like sexual uh desires are like matched like that your sexual like drive for sure yeah um but yeah that being said it did affect my relationship with my worth (gasps) and how i felt about myself outwardly at my appearance and my body do you reckon that's where it all started oh my god yes because to this day i mean every day i'm trying to i'm trying to like help i was gonna gonna say fix that (laughs) Uh, excuse me let me rephrase i'm trying to up your self-worth exactly because i genuinely look at you and i'm like i don't understand how like where is your self-worth where is your self-respect exactly okay and i have to say that at Sitting here at this point, my self-worth and my self-respect and my self-love has never been better. You're welcome. It's, yeah, <laughs> genuinely though, like, wow. It has a, it has pretty much like nearly 100% to do with Alec, but like... I won't take all the credit for and, it, but like and it's... other friends and just like... Just sparking questions and yes. being like, um, think about a more meaningful way and think about your self-worth. It, you've done all the work. I really... I've just sparked... Yeah, you sparked the yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it's been so massively helpful. And having self-love and self-worth is so important before you can go ahead and 
even get into new relationships or just important to live your life. Because if you can love yourself... You cannot love anybody else. Can I get an amen? Amen! Thank you. Yes! On with your story. <laughs> so yeah, it did affect that. And I have obviously had issues with that all my life in just not loving what I've seen in the mirror. I felt like damaged good. I was a little bit careless, genuinely. Even when I had a boyfriend or when I've gone through relationships and they were obsessed with me or like been like telling me countless of times like you're amazing I don't know why you're so upset or like you are the best thing that's ever happened to me they'd say all the right things <laughs> you know but they did I will I have to give it to you I have I've had two very long-term relationships the first one two years the second one three years and throughout the whole relationship they couldn't have been sweeter when it came to trying to tell me what I've what I needed to hear you know mm. um well, what I thought I needed to hear. I was going to say, was it what you needed yeah, to hear, though? Yeah, I mean, that, uh, what I thought I needed to hear and what they thought I needed to hear. Yeah. Which, but still, like, it comes from a place of and it, love. Yeah, what and they it, say it, comes it, from a good really place. It really did. It really did. Um, and obviously, I just felt, I think I was just was careless with... It got to a point, even in a relationship, as I've said, I just felt like I was just a bit careless with myself, like down to like my eating habits my drinking habits like we're talking weight we're talking yeah um and i'm obviously like weight and health it's a triggering subject but i will say that i not necessarily like overeating and all that stuff just what i was putting into my body not good and what i was i like i dappled with the gym a bit and stuff but like and i'm very much like gym for mental health kind of girl but um yeah, I just I just was a bit careless. I just didn't really care that much. Because you didn't really have the self-respect exactly, and self-worth. Exactly, yeah. And I'm not saying that I needed to be some, like, skinny supermodel. It was more for my internal health that I just wasn't great with. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I... I dappled in and out of being, like, out of, um like... With how bad it was and how good it was it was because like, it fluctuated it, it fluctuated it mass- really does. yeah it fluctuated massively um but that was like the main like big thing in my life was that like that big thing that happened when I was younger affected my self-worth and but still super good student at school got the grades I needed to get did amazingly did an art foundation year iconic uni Exactly, iconic uni. Moved to London, which mm. was so important. Got into the one of the best universities for arts in the world. Worked so hard to get there, and like my drive for life and my positive outlook on life has never wavered. Like ever, I, I can vouch for that. I am are... such a positive human being. Yeah, like, it blows my, my mind. Yeah, like my drive and my positivity just can't crack at this point like legit anything that i like any situation that you are given you will see the positive in and i'm like wow (laughs) (laughs) like they're like any situation like it could be the worst situation i'm like there really isn't a grain of positivity to find in this you will find it yeah yeah you will pull it out massively massively um that being said as well, um, don't get me wrong, I'm not, like, obviously the biggest, like, I I really do find positives, but obviously I'm not a constant ray of sunshine. Oh, honey, you have your days of, yeah, like, you feel I, shit. Yeah, and um, obviously that comes from, like, the past as well. 
I, but also just because it's human. Yeah, it's not so. Yeah, I was gonna not say not everything has to do with trauma, and yeah. not everything has to do with the past. Sometimes you just have a shit day, shit day, and that's yes. very human, and that is very okay. Yes. And we all go through those days. Yes, with, um, without any deeper meaning, you just wake up and you're like, "Today I ain't gonna be the day." Absolutely. But those days are quite rare for you. Oh, they are not, rare for me. Well, but the, is, the, the days that are bad are the days that. My anxiety is bad. I was going to say, because yeah. it's not really with your positive outlook on life. It's more with your with your mental, like, diagnosed yeah. anxiety. Yeah. But even... I mean, we did have moments where it was really bad. Yeah. Um, in which I'm also clueless as to what to do. But we'll talk about this again yeah. later on. Um, but even though when sometimes you wake up and you tell me that you have to sit... <laughs> at the court like on your bed being like oh, I need to take a big breath because today's gonna be shit even though you walk out of your room and you're like today's gonna be a shit day if I'm in a good mood and I'll greet you with a good mood you are very easy to snap out of your life sucks mood and you will be jolly for the rest of the day absolutely and, and that, that, is, is, so that important is important that is so important for me there are some days that I wake up and I'm like wow anxiety because I have anxiety and I do believe that this anxiety does stem from these things that have happened in my past, etc. Really? Yeah, really? Ma- absolutely. Um, and um, but like, yeah, a build a build up. Some sometimes there is no reason for you to get anxiety. Who knows? But I do think it some part it partially does stem from it. I do have it. That's okay, and I deal with it in my own little ways. Everyone is very different with the ways they deal with it. I will go into towards the end about how I deal with it and how and some tips for other people who know people that are suffering from it who don't really know how to deal. Yeah, because that's that's very handy. Yeah, exactly. Um, And yeah, so I moved to London um, and obviously learning a lot of how to deal with my anxiety. University can spark quite a lot of anxious feelings. But I did, yeah, a lot of stress and anxiety. And I did have a lot of anxiety throughout uni because of deadlines and stuff. Mm. Um, But I dealt with it really well. But to come back to the whole what you put in your body and how you deal with things. um, When I moved to London and I wanted to have that uni life. I in wanted a big to city. in a big city. I'm in my dream place, very much like you. Always dreamed of living in London. Yeah. It was my goal to go to because I was like, that is where the art industry is. But yeah, I did want to experience the uni life. I wanted to experience a bit more of of like be a bit more of a daredevil. And I guess yeah, again, like I didn't really care what I was like, kind of not the polite, good Catholic girl. Exactly, coming back Essex to that as well. Girl. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to break away from that. Because at this point, you've left it all behind. Exactly, and I loved that I'd left starting it Starting a behind. new chapter, yeah. starting a new life. Here you are, meeting new people in a new place. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Yeah, try so many things. And one of the stories that I want to tell today as well is my experience with trying uh, ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> There you are. You said it. Um, the cat's out yeah. the bag. So e-pills. Um, and this really is not like my overcoming my drug addiction story because, <laughs> wow, I took it like, I took like, I think I took it like three or four times in my life. Wow. <laughs> so like, I really didn't dapple with it that much. But. But you 
tried it. And I was silly when it came to the last time I ever had it. But because I I had it in conjunction with like other, other medications, for example, anxiety medication. I'm right. so stupid, you know, like... Well, sometimes you don't think. Exactly. And that's the thing is not thinking. Yeah. I only ever used to take like a half to go to a club. Half what? Sorry, half. I'm stupid. Oh. <laughs> I've never taken a single dog in my life, uh, so you will have to you cut, Like me and my boyfriend used to cut half of a pill. Sorry so. to ask this, but we're talking second boyfriend here. Yeah. Do you think you would have taken it? Like, do you think he kind of made the idea interesting of taking it? Yeah, because we were in it together. And I felt if I was doing it with him... Because I'm to this gonna... day, I feel like sometimes you are quite influential. Easily influ- influenced. That's, uh, sorry, that's uh, I, mean, yeah. I am, to a point. I used to be way more back in no, the day. No, I know, I know. Um, but, like... but it's more the fact that it's not that I'm easily influenced, it's that I'm very like carefree and like... Excited. You're easily excited. I'm so excited to do whatever the other person wants to do because I'm not going to be with that person or be around that person if... I don't like what they're into, mm. you know? Oh, I know. So, like, if if I'm not interested in what you're into, then I'm not going to be spending time with you. But if I am, then whatever you'll suggest is probably something I'm going to want to do too. Because also you're always, like, up for a laugh. Exactly. Always. I'm massively all about that. But, yeah, I felt comfort. I took comfort in the fact that I had my boyfriend there and I was like, he's a big, he's a big strong man and if I'm not well, then he's going to look after me. Which turns not, out. <laughs> but, but, like, it's also not the right mentality to have. You no. need to be able to look after yourself. Like, yes. you need to be in control of your own body first. Yeah. From what I hear, it does need to be a very safe space. But, like, oh, people of you course. trust. And I really was in that. I was with my friends I that I say. trusted. Yeah. I was with friends that used to, like, have this drug a lot and not be affected either. What so does I've... it do? Sorry, again. Yeah. I. So, in the times before that, I had a really nice experience on it. Mm-hmm. And I felt it, it makes you feel very euphoric. Ecstasy, huh? Yeah. Is there like, another way? Is there pill. another word for it? Pill. It's a pill. So you pop a pill. Yeah, that, that's like, to take yeah, ecstasy. Exactly. Ew. Okay. It, it makes me feel so sick now. Like wow. <laughs> I'm here so like, not at me. the edge of my like, seat, like it, like learning. Yeah, it like it's so not me. But I literally, you take half down with water, like you would like a paracetamol. Um, <laughs> right. gross. Um, and literally within about like twenty minutes, the music hits different. The crowd in the room, it it all hits different to you. You feel like you're never going to be that happy ever again. Like, it's like... Oh. It, but, like, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, obviously, like, but, like, you are not like, going to be happy you're like, without the drug. Well, yeah, that's not, not to that extent. the problem. Yeah, like, it's so exciting. Like, you have... The, the energy and the uh, that you have, you can't stop dancing. Like, you you could go on till... For, you feel like you could go on for two days straight dancing. Is that what bankers take or is that coke? That's coke. They all have similar effects. Like, I mean, in terms of, like, the feeling it gives you. It's just energy. You feel like the room is, like, buzzing even more. Like, take your best night out in a club and then, like, times it by 100 and that's kind of what you feel. Yeah. Um, But it is super dangerous because, obviously, what I was taking in conjunction with this pill that I took or it just might have been a dodgy pill who knows because you don't know who makes it you don't know what it's cut with Mm. any of that um it just hit me wrong and I started hallucinating and when I look back on it I find it so funny but at this point you're in a club right yes yeah because you've told me this is it the story yeah 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 um 
but I'm in one of the rooms in the club and I'm fe- I'm feeling myself come up and I'm super excited, love it. Um, and my fingers, I look, I look down at my fingers. <laughs> it's so bad, but like, I, please know that I'm. Just, I just want to laugh at this because I find it so funny now, and I'm so. And we're years past it now, like, and I'm, I'm, I'm never doing it again, and I'm so past it. But I have to find it funny because I do find it so funny. Especially <laughs> but, if you know Megan and her hands and fingers, because <laughs> I have such weird hands anyway. But I look down at my fingers, and they're just growing. The best I can say is, if you've ever watched The Grinch, you know he's got like really like long <laughs> spindly fingers. <laughs> they they started growing out outwards like long fingers and I was putting them up to my face and they were like growing out of my face and then my friends came over to me and was asking like oh my god are you okay because obviously I was wigging out yeah and their heads were doubling and tripling around themselves and I had to go that's like a movie mate it was out of a movie I'm not joking you any movie that shows people tripping out on drugs in a bad way they've always depicted it so well really oh my goodness Genuinely. There was this one Black Mirror episode, I think it was Bandersnatch. That, and I was like, I hate watching this it, right that now. That was it, that was it. that's probably exactly what it is. That's how I felt. Ew, if you've I ever watched, hated that. If you've ever watched Pure them nightmare. take drugs... Pure nightmare. Yeah, if you've ever watched them take drugs on Bandersnatch uh, episode in Black Mirror, that is it. Why that would anyone want that? Why? And it's not okay. I mean, this is obviously a dodgy one. It's not Oof. how you normally feel, but it was how I felt. And I have never been... I've never genuinely felt I was going to die. And that was, I've, I genuinely thought I was going to die. That's the night you ended up in hospital, right? I did. I ended up in hospital and the nurse literally said, like, yeah, you've, you've overdosed on ecstasy from a half a pill. So obviously something wasn't right. Yeah. And I am a small, five foot, young girl. Yeah. It's obviously going to hit me differently to some of my friends who are men, like, fully grown. Can take more. Can take a bit more, yeah. So... That's another massive thing that kind of snapped me back to reality in terms of you need to take care of your body and you need to not be someone that needs to be taken care of. Oof. Can we say that again, please? <laughs> you need to take care of your own body and you don't need someone to take care of you. Yes. And it was a huge reality check for me because I was very much relying on my boyfriend to be... Or I just very much had the mentality of, oh, my boyfriend can take care of me. That is, I hate to say it. And that's so unhealthy and it's so much pressure to put on him. But also, I hate to say it, but like that's the mentality of so many, not only women, but also like gay men. Yeah. Like all the women who are like, I'm going to find me a man. And all the gays who are like, I'm going to find me a sugar daddy. Yeah. And I'm like, all I want to say to you is I want to quote Cher, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, you know what quote I love the interview. About. Yes. Yes. Where her mum's like, you should find yourself a rich husband. And she's she's like, mum, I'm going to be the rich husband. Yes. I'm going to be the rich man. It's so And that's, that's, if you take anything away from this, like, just think about Yeah. That. I mean, I was, I felt like I was a bit of a burden on the relationship. And I definitely was. My anxiety was at a high. I was being someone that was being taken care of. Hmm. But obviously we have to remember that it was coming from a lot of mental... Paranoia. Shame. But from that day on... I began the journey of like self love, self respect, um, and it genuinely didn't really kick in until me and my boyfriend broke up, which is a couple months before we met, correct? Yes, um, and 
I was really... One man leaves and I have another one, another one <laughs> too. <laughs> but a good one enters. Uh-huh. Genuinely, I'm now no longer medicated for anxiety. I'm focusing on my mental well-being from a natural point of view. Mm-hmm. Which um, b- both are fine. Oh, both are completely fine. It's just that um, it just didn't work out for me. Yeah. Um, it's all what works for you. I'm feeling the best I've ever felt in my entire life in terms of self-love, self-worth. And just, like, knowing my own body, knowing how I work. There are still... I'm not saying I'm a completely fixed human being, because who is? Oh, but you do find yourself in a very good situation. I really you do. You have worked hard and you have I've come a long so way. so bloody hard. And, um, yeah, me and my, The boyfriend I had at the time, we were together for three years. It was amazing. When we broke up, I was really upset. But I have to say, I snapped out of it quicker than I, I normally would have done. Just because I knew that the way my headspace was was not working in the relationship. He also was not the first, the right match for me. Um, and it really did then ignite that spark that I already started to have under me to really become the person I am now. Which is why I think we clicked so very well. Because I, I really love connecting with people who are exactly what you just described. Self-reflective who are thinking about their own self-worth, who yeah. are thinking about relationships, who are independent, and I mean true, or, or striving, like longing to be truly independent. Yes. And that was kind of when we met each other, so oh, it, it just really worked. Um, and like the last kind of thing I want to touch on is um, obviously the whole anxiety thing. I just want to quickly kind of share... Five top tips for dealing with anxiety and then five tips for dealing with someone that suffers with anxiety. Amazing. Um, so my five tips for dealing with anxiety. Question your thoughts, okay? So something might trigger your paranoia, something might trigger your anxiety. Um, dig under- deep. Dig deep, understand what is this person saying? Is it a fact or is it their opinion? If it's factual check yourself if it's an opinion step back from it you don't need to you don't need to be around that because you're feeling triggered at this time remove yourself you know um number two is acceptance and 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 identifying your triggers know what those triggers are know when they're coming so you can prepare yourself and just accept that you have this this problem um and when you accept you can really start to work through things that will help you I feel like this also should apply to everyone who doesn't suffer from anxiety because yeah, turns I mean, out we all have triggers and we all should accept and work on yeah, them. Yeah, definitely. Three Number three is um, exercise. When you're feeling anxiety attack coming on, your body is going into a fight or flight mode. Um, if you run, it tricks the brain into thinking you are running away. And so, on that path, you become a skin legend as well. Yeah, so. and obviously exercise releases really amazing endorphins, so it's going to help you anyway. Um, and also breathing and diet comes into that massively as well. Um, number four, writing or channeling, channel, channel, channeling. channeling your issues through some kind of creativity or outlet. Is channeling. Yeah, writing down your thoughts, being creative, um, illustrating. Yeah, that's my one. Megan Rose illustration. <laughs> yes. And then number five is when you're having attack, uh, maybe list some things in the room that you can see, list some things that you can hear in the room, um, and know that no anxiety attack 
really often lasts uh, more than 30 minutes. So you just need to keep in your mind that it will be over eventually. So yeah, that's for dealing with it. Yeah. And then some tips for someone that has never suffered with anxiety, but knows someone in their life that does and that you've kind of often can feel a bit helpless and not really sure how to approach the subject. That's definitely how I feel because like I have definitely experienced anxiety, but at the end of the day, obviously I'm not like I'm not diagnosed with anxiety and mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I have anxiety, but I have had and experienced anxious moments, but that doesn't mean that I I understand you or that anyone who has anxiety will understand you and your particular thought process or, and that's even because I understand you and I know what triggers your anxiety, but that still doesn't mean that I can deal with it in the way that you need me to deal with it. Exactly. So what are your top tips for people like me? Um, Yeah. So number one is be kind and reassuring. Um, not reassuring in terms of you have to reassure for the select issue that they're dealing with, but just reassure them that the feeling will pass. Let them know that what they're feeling is temporary and that you care. That's all. Be compassionate. It's compassion, yeah. Number two is instead of thinking privately to yourself, how can I help? Just ask. Just be like, oh, like how can I help? Everyone deals with it differently, which is what you've said. Mm. You can just say like, how how can I help what normally helps this? And often they might be able to say a couple of things um, that could potentially help them. Number three is set boundaries for yourself. Don't take on more than you can deal with. Your own mental health is so important um, and is just as important as the person that you're trying to help. So if you feel that you dealing with that person is too much for you, that you do need to take a step back, but compassionately. Um, number four is educate yourself so there's so many things online that um, can help you uh, that speak a lot about anxiety um, and that you can help educate yourself and know more about the condition Um, so give yourself a little clap on the back because you've just educated yourself just listening to this exactly and then number five is um, something a little bit more personal to me but someone else might help it might help their anxiety struggle is when I'm feeling like an attack is coming on or I'm, I'm having an anxiety attack, um, someone who is around me discussing happy experiences that we've been through together or funny memories always helps take my mind off of it. So that's another thing is discuss, discuss good memories that you've had with that person. Positive headspace. Yeah, positive headspace. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. Very enlightening super enlightening for sure so where are you at now just because we're running out of time um but i do want to like have a little bit of a summary of where you are now what's currently going on in your life like in your head well i'm yeah every day i'm working on being more and more self-loving having more and more self-worth i'm surrounded by so many amazing friends who support me thank you (laughs) yeah um yeah, a lot of them, um, importantly, being men, because obviously I've had a lot of men leave me in my life and have that have triggered me in my life, but the ones that I've chose as my friendship group are solid. They are not the disappointment. They are not disappointments to me, and they have st- stuck by me, and I 
I'm just super, I'm in a very thankful, grateful headspace and I feel so good at the moment. So yeah, I'm very positive, happy, healthy. And finessing. And finessing life and loving all of my creative outlets and my experience here in London currently. So yeah. Amazing. It's good. No, I think what you just touched on as well, like well, you touched on it quite briefly, but it could blow up into like a big, big conversation is the men being a disappointment to you, which mm. I can also, not to the extent that you do, but like I can relate because like I've been disappointed by guys yeah. and I've been disappointed by men, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's just because you sometimes feel like, oh, like uh, as a straight woman, am I allowed to be part of the gay community? Like you, sometimes you are paranoid about how am, people perceive yeah. you. And to me, it's very clear that you find solace and comfort in a community um, consisting of men who don't disappoint you. And that is massively why I'm so in touch with the gay community. Yeah. And I just want to let you know, as a gay man, we love and welcome you. (laughs) So uh, don't worry about that at all. We are, however, yeah. running out of time. So um, usually we have questions at the end of our episodes, but since we've already surpassed um, an hour, I feel like we... Let's just do a cu- couple more questions next episode. Yeah. Uh, this has been lovely. Yeah. I think it's really nice for us both, me last episode, you this episode, to get the chance to give a deeper insight to who we are and um, talk about issues that are near and dear to our heart. Mm, from this episode on, we're going to be more light-hearted again. Yeah. Uh, it is also just like, see, this is like a foundation. Like now we've covered a couple episodes, you got to know us a little bit. And from now on, we are going to go into what it means to be truly posh on a penny. We have touched here and there upon the subject a little bit. But as of the next upcoming episodes, we are going to get a little bit deeper into that whole um, world. And we're going to just be super humorous, tell tell you about funny experiences we've had. Um, <laughs> there is some funny stuff Yeah, some up, funny sure. stuff coming up. We've got a lot in the pipeline, so please stay tuned with us. Um, we're just super glad that we feel like you guys know us so deeply now and you know so much more about us. And I feel like that's a great foundation to work off of going forward into future episodes yeah so thanks thank i mean thank you for sharing megan and also thank you guys for sharing um your experiences and your stories and again feel free to reach out to us dm us um if you feel like you relate to this or you want to open up about something we're here by your side always um yeah dm us tell uh, ask questions on telonoom um, otherwise, it's at the LA James, as always, and at Mugen Rose on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, as of, as we said, next week is going to be back to f- funny and embarrassing stories. For sure. That's how much we can say for now. Uh, but at this point, thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of Posh and a Penny. Um, and we will be glad to welcome you back next week. See ya. <laughs>